Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast. It is a Thursday solo episode, so I want to cover some stuff here um, about a deal that I'm looking at because I feel like I haven't done enough of those. I have a few good ones that I really want to release about some multifamily stuff we recently sold at about the um, the 100 grand we made on that that other property. I just, I, I have to, I want to have it interactive, so I will be out within the next couple of weeks. I just want to have some good video, so if people want to actually see some of the stuff and follow along better, so hopefully people can learn and they bring more value. I'd rather do that, but it's going to uh, take a little bit more time than I thought. But that stuff's coming, so there's going to be more deal breakdowns. But this is a nice, easy one for a Thursday episode. I didn't want to do a big episode uh, this week. It's the second one because we had Brian Callen um, on the first one, and it's pretty funny. A lot of people have been writing to me like, I recognize that guy. He looks like the guy from The Hangover. He looks like the guy from Mad TV. He, and I'm like, it is. It's all the same guy. Like, why, why is everybody so shocked? But um, I still am really happy that Brian Kelly came on the show. So if you have not listened to that for whatever reason, you absolutely should go back to Monday's episode, check out Brian Callen, check out his podcast. So today's podcast is brought to you in part by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. It is a Navy SEAL owned brand by William Braddon hailing out of Hawaii who has fought and protected you. So now support him as well. Go to nicknicknick.com slash links and under affiliates, you will see a link for Naked Warrior Recovery. Go on there, find some of the most quality CBD to help with all those aches, pains, anxieties, and different things that have been nagging your body for a long time. You'll see if you take it consistently for 30 to 60 days, those things will start to disappear. It is amazing to me. It is a miracle drug, especially if you have uh, inflammation, things like that from doing maybe jujitsu, boxing, lifting weights, wrestling, whatever it may be. It really works amazing. Put in promo code AGAME to get 20% off. Support him, support a good cause. While you're there on nicknicknick.com slash links, please follow me on all social media and please subscribe to this podcast. It goes a long way. And under affiliates, you can also see a link for Marianne, a nationwide business capital group. As always, check her out if you're looking for funding for your deals. Email her, tell her we sent you over. She will roll out the red carpet. If you are nervous, don't be. It doesn't matter if you are brand new. If you don't even know what to ask, we will guide you. She will take care of you. Let's get that ball rolling. But again, more importantly, as always, it's get you into some deals. So I've been making calls. I've been talking to people. Shout out to Barry. I had a couple of conversations with Barry, one of my favorite people. I have not forgot about you, but I always love hearing from you. So that was awesome. So Barry, thank you. Uh, but let's get you into some deals. So if you're looking to buy deals from me, sell properties to me, or partner up on some level, let's get that going. Go to nickandnick.com slash links, reach out to me, and let's just figure it out. If you want a residential, if you want a rental, if you want a flip, if you want some commercial stuff, whatever it is, we can figure it out. Let's just have a conversation. I can help you steer that conversation to figure out what's probably the best fit. We'll go over the pros and the cons. Um, we can have the conversation. So don't be shy. Let's reach out. If you're serious about getting into real estate, let's get some time going and get that scheduled on last, but certainly not least, go to nicknick.com slash bigger pockets. You can get our free limited time checklist on how to add values to your buyer. If you're a real estate wholesaler, agent, or broker, that is absolutely free on nicknick.com slash bigger pockets for a limited time. So this episode now, I do want to touch on, so there's a deal I'm looking at, and uh, 
it's interesting. So I'll, I'll kind of break down how we found it, what we're looking at and, and the point of it. So I used to tell uh, students a, a line that I heard from somebody else that knew that did a lot of real estate. And he always used to say, my mentor always told me the only thing I regret in real estate are the properties I sold. So yeah, it's great flipping properties. It's great doing that stuff. But at the end of the day, you start to look at it and go, man, if I didn't sell that to make 20, 50, 70, 80, I, how much equity would I have now? The market went up, 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 up. Rents are at an all-time high. Like who knows what my payments would have been if I refinanced now at two or 3%. And you start to get like FOMO, which again, there's no right or wrong answer. You do stuff, you make money, roll into other things, but everybody kind of thinks that and looks back. And sometimes it's like, well, what should I do? How do I build this up? And I remember specifically the Georgia property. So one of the, the rentals I have in Georgia, I used to partner to buy it. Wasn't a specifically sexy deal. It was just a deal. And it was like, you know what? This is a, an affordable deal. It, it'll get allow me to get my foot and we can get into a little bit creative. It'll make some money. It'll make some cash flow. And over time, it'll pay itself down. I don't have to really make any payments on it. I'll make a little money and hopefully it appreciates in value. And if it does, awesome. So it wasn't one of those deals that you would look at and say, this is a retirement plan. But what happens is they turn into that long term. So I love the idea of that. And when I look back, one of the things I regret is when everybody else was saying, don't buy real estate, real estate's crazy, real estate's no good right now, don't buy, don't buy, don't buy, don't buy. That's always the best time to buy because real estate's on a giant sale. So if real estate is on sale because the average person is saying it's, it's rock bottom right now, if there was anything else you looked at, I've used the example of Black Friday. When things are on sale, people flock to them. But for some reason, when real estate prices were lower as they've ever been, when historically, you can look at stats and trends all day long that are going to show you that they are going to go back up at some point. It's cyclical. But at this point, they're at the bottom. Why wouldn't you buy it at the bottom knowing it's going to come back up? So people buy, people kill each other to get TVs on Black Friday at 20, 30% off. But when something like real estate is cheap, people aren't buying it. So also understand like most of the time, if you're buying these properties right for cash flow with supply and demand, if people aren't getting loans, they're going to have to rent. So a lot of my friends and even my, myself and some of these properties that maybe didn't do good equity wise, cash flow wise, they did great. They paid them for themselves. They covered themselves if you bought them the right way. Not all of them did, but you know, so you learn lessons from that. But when you figure out how to do that the way we're doing it now, and then they also get equity over, you know, five, 10 years, they turn into amazing properties. So that property that was just making a couple of hundred bucks a month, I think I owe like 25 grand on it now. I've, I've hardly had to make any payments out of my own pocket for rent. It's been occupied almost since the day we bought it. We did a little bit of work to it. And now it's worth like $155,000. You know, we bought it for like, I don't know, 30 grand, you know, 10 years ago. So what I always think about is, I wish I would have bought 10 of those because it was basically no money down, no credit. It was a creative deal. I bought in partners. I did all like all the stuff you always hear about buying real estate, no money down, getting in, getting cash flow, getting equity, buying an appreciate market. It's a suburb of Atlanta. It's always going to do good because it's right outside a major city. And boom, you can turn around. And I've already got cash offers on that for 145. It's not even on the market. I'm just getting calls about it. So you have the option to refinance it and pull some cash out at a low interest rate and reinvest that into another property or some multi-units. Payments will go up a little bit, but as long as you run those numbers, it's it's it still works out that you can pull some cash-free, uh, tax-free money out of that, reinvest it, and still have some cash flow because you have the equity in there now. Turn around, sell it, take that 1031 and roll into something else. But I look at it and I go, you know what? In the, in the pandemic, when people are struggling to pay their bills, if my biggest hurdle is like, you know what, if I really needed to, I could sell this property 
and have six figures to carry me for whatever the next thing I need to do or cover whatever bills I need to cover or whatever that may be. So that's the really beautiful thing I like about real estate is people are, I mean, life happened. Nobody knew there was going to be a pandemic. Nobody knew about all these different things, but that's the beautiful part about real estate that if you buy it right and you, the old cliche, if you buy real estate and you wait, it's your breaking case of emergency. It's your retirement plan. You know, if I had a kid, you know, and I held that for another 10 years, I could liquidate that property and pay his college tuition. Or, you know, if I had three of those. So I always looked at it as, you know what, I'm not seeing what happened now, obviously I don't have a crystal ball, but I wish I would have bought 10 of those because I could sell them, be sitting on a million dollars cash, roll that into something else, buy a nice multifamily, who knows, whatever you get it. You can do whatever you want with it. But that's amazing to sit there and be like, you know what? I bought 10 properties that were nothing special. They're not sexy properties. If I showed you pictures of them, they wouldn't be the ones that you're like, oh man, look what Lamania's got. He's got these beautiful properties. No, you wouldn't be impressed with the way they look at all, but you would be impressed with the fact that if I had 10 properties that didn't look so sexy on aesthetically in the pictures, but they made you a million dollars cash when you sold them and they cash flowed every single month and I didn't put any of my own money into them. That's impressive. That's sexy. That's what is sexy about real estate. So leading me in, I'm going, all right, well, now that, you know, I know what I know and the market's where it is and I see it going up, 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 I sold a bunch of stuff. So now I'm like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have sold them. Maybe I want to bring up some other stuff. So I start looking at these deals now and going, well, how can I get into more real estate and hold it for the long term and have the same thing happen? Because now in the next six months, I do want to buy 10 properties, but I don't want to put all my money, my own money into these properties when the single family home market is like at an all time high, you know, I, I don't want to have to go through the whole qualification process and all this stuff. So what do you do? You can do this. So it's a, a combination of a subject to slash creative finance deal. And there's a couple of different exit strategies that we're looking at here. So one of the things we did is we started buying distress lists. So again, you're always going to do better. In my opinion, these days, I've done tons of deals off the MLS with realtors and brokers, but if you can find a way to go direct to a seller and find a distressed seller who's going through some type of hardship, they're going to be more motivated to sell you the property or get creative about it or give it to you at a discount because they have a problem. And if you can solve their problem, you can get a better deal. So, um, you know, you can get things like probate lists, divorce lists, you know, tax defaults, um, code violations, people that are behind the utility bills, all kinds of different stuff. And then what you can do is you can do what's called stacking these lists and find ones that are maybe in a pre-foreclosure state and they're behind on their taxes. They're going through divorce and somebody just died or whatever, whatever, maybe. So if they're on multiple distressed lists, it's a stack list, which means that not only do they hit one point of that motivation, they hit two or three or four, which is probably telling you that they're super motivated more than the average bear, which means that that's probably a hotter person to go try and start a conversation with because your chances of striking some sort of creative financing deal or discounted property, they're going to be more motivated to do that. So leading into this one, somebody came up on a stacked list of divorce they're going through a divorce, so they filed a divorce, so they wound up on a list, public record list for the divorce. And also now they're four or five months behind in their payments. So they're also on a pre-foreclosure list. So left them some messages, let them left them some, some text messages, left them some voicemails, called back and said, Look, I see you called me about buying my house. You texted me about buying my house. I'm interested. I can have my realtor draw up the papers today. Call me back. So that's not always a deal. Sometimes that's, hey, you know what? You want to buy a property? I had this really sweet older guy, not to go too off track, but I was talking to him and he was about to have his 80th birthday. And I looked at the property and I was talking to him about it. It was a really nice, nice property. He owns it free and clear. He did a lot of work to it. He was a really sweet old guy. He wanted to downsize to a ranch because his wife was on oxygen and they wanted a one-story house. So 
you know, he told me, he goes, Hey, I want like 364, which is the ceiling for that's definitely going to be like the highest price property in that area. So I was like, okay, well, I know you want 360, but if I can close like real fast, pay all the closing costs, pay all the commissions, you don't have to do anything. And I can move quick on this. Are you flexible on that 360? And he goes, of course I am. I'm willing to go way higher. And I laughed and I thought it was funny and he laughed and everybody laughed. So that was funny. But so that doesn't mean it's a deal because she says, Hey, I'm ready to sell. Let me get my realtor on board. But it could be. So I opened up the conversation because she might say, yeah, I want 400,000. I want 800,000. I want a million dollars. She might be messing with it. It happens all the time. People say goofy stuff. They don't take it seriously. So you have to be prepared that a lot of these calls that you're making aren't going to pan out to anything, but that's okay. Cause some of them are. So I get her on the phone, find out the situation. She goes, look, me and my husband are in the middle of a divorce. We moved some in-laws into this house. I think it was in-laws. It might've been relatives, but either way, some sort of relative. And she goes, I put them in that house. They stopped paying the mortgage. I shut the utilities off and now I locked them out. So I just want to get rid of this house. I'm behind on my payments. They owe like $8,800 or whatever. So, um, you know, if you, if you're willing to buy it, we'll sign off on it. And I don't care if I make any money on this. And I was like, cause you know, wait, what do you want for it? And she's like, you know, I think I owe like 210. She's like, so I would take that just to get rid of it. I don't care if I make any money. I just want out. So does my husband. So to me, that's a great situation. Now, if the house was only worth 210, you know, maybe you could do something with it. Maybe it's a rental, whatever, you know, probably, probably not something I'm going to move on. Um, but maybe I go, Hey, you know what? I'll list it for you. If I have a realtor's commission or, or, um, or maybe I'm licensed so I can do a referral to another realtor. Hey, I know somebody that can help you sell your house. She goes, well, my cousin is a realtor. She can help with this. Like, all right, no problem. So you listen to that, to the conversation. And, um, she says, you know, I go, I need to pay off that. I need to see how much it is. So I start looking around and I see that the house fixed up is worth like 270. There's a real, very recent comp, same size, no basement, 272. We're on a nicer part of town. It's on a better street in the same exact subdivision. That comp, same beds and baths, same square footage, smaller lot, not as good a location no basement, 272, like two weeks ago sold. So I'm going, okay, I can at least get that. I could probably get more. So let's say 280. So I start calling some other realtors in the area that I know. I go, hey, what do you think I can get for this if I clean it out and I fix it up? Probably get 270, 280, 285 maybe. Then we start looking at, well, maybe if we fix up the basement, what will we get if we finish the basement? Then we start to look at price per square foot. You go, okay, this is even more interesting. Then I start to look at what could this rent for? So I contact some local property managers. I run some of my own analysis and I see that on the low end, rents are about 1900 on the high end for properties that are a little bit more like mine because mine's a little bit bigger. I could probably get about $2,200 a month for this. So now I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, what do we do? What are our options? We look at the payoff letter. Unfortunately, the payoff letter shows that they are $8,800 back in their ta- in their um, on their mortgage. So they're in a pre-foreclosure status and that is not taken into account in the 210. So the payoff is really like 220. So now we're going, all right, what do we do here? So I get a couple of people who contact me. One of them says, hey, I'll partner up with you on this deal. We could take it down and then we can resell it on a wrap to somebody else. We'll get a down payment and we'll charge them a higher interest rate. And we could literally collect payments for that. And we can collect the down payment, not really lease option, but another creative type of strategy that people do when somebody can't get a traditional mortgage right now, because maybe they can't go through the approval process the right way. They have money, but maybe they're not showing it. Maybe it's off the books. Maybe they don't have the exact down payment, whatever it is. So you can get a higher interest rate because obviously you have to make, 
your payments get covered. So it has to be higher than whatever it is. So the interest rate on this current mortgage is 425 and their payments are 1700. So now I could buy it myself. Basically the house doesn't really need much. It needs new appliances in the kitchen, which doesn't really need, but it would be nice, but they're all working. A couple of towels in the kitchen are a little damaged. The front yard needs a mow um, and the power wash, the exterior, and maybe some fix up some paint around the house and shampoo the carpet. So not a ton of work at all. So I could be into this for like 225 around there. And now I could list it myself, put it on the market, sell it for 280, maybe even a little more. I could also do what's called a subject two. Now, this is what I'm really interested in doing. And I'll, I'll talk about why, because it leads into that exact strategy that I was just talking about, where I wish I would have had more and kept them over time because that becomes a 10-year retirement plan. So now I'm like, look, let me take the next six months and just find another creative way to put a 10-year retirement plan in place. Now, this person wasn't going to be able to give me the discount I would have really needed to do a cash, a quick cash deal and fix it up and really make it worth the time to flip it or wholesale it because she owed a certain amount on it. If that payment was lower, like if it was like 180 or something like that, this could have been a great deal, but it was kind of high, especially with the other stuff tacked on. So what we do is we get under contract and now we can start to negotiate with the lender to see if we can get those payments maybe reduced or maybe kicked back onto the loan on the back end. So that way it's not really affecting us up front. We don't even have to do anything, but worst case scenario, we put up the 8,800 to get it caught up. And now we take over that property subject to the existing mortgage. So now, if you listen to the Pace Morby episode, he talks all about this, but we can now take over that mortgage. So we basically, she signs over the property, we hire attorneys, we go through all this stuff, it all gets done legally. And then we make sure we have these, these systems in place that everything's protected. And it, it has to be structured in a certain way so you don't raise any red flags or tip off. It's, it's a complicated process, not complicated, but you just have to make sure you're doing it the right way. And of course, I, I make sure I surround myself with people who give me good advice on this. So um, consult your attorney. If you are thinking about doing anything like this, this is just an overhaul. But if you're going to do this, that's my disclaimer. I am not an attorney. Every state's different. Every market's different. Every deal's different. Every situation's different. So contact your attorney or mine if you want one. I can refer you. But either way. So now if we do this the right way, I can for a max take over that payment at 8800 And now I can turn around, rent it out at $2,200 a month, knowing that the current payments are $1,700 a month. It's good rental. So now if I decide I want to hold that, I literally just spent possibly like $8,800 to buy, what is it, 50 something, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, almost $60,000 worth of equity. So would you pay $8,000? And somebody else is going to give you 60000 I would. So I'm looking at it going, you know what? If I can get this house and I can be all in at 80% of the value, I have a 20% equity built in. I'm getting into it for very low money down. I don't have to qualify for anything. I could just take this over. I know I can get it rented out real quick. I could literally, if I really wanted to, just move into it. You know what I mean? And just work on it, whatever I wanted to do. I mean, there's different options here. It's in a decent area. It's not far from where I am right now anyway, if I really needed to or wanted to and just ride it out, let the appreciation go. But I could put family in there. I could rent it out and I can get this done pretty quick because I've already talked to property managers and the market is on fire right now. So if I get it fixed up and put it on the market the right way, I could sell it. But this could be something that if they put that $8,800 on the back end, I can get this property signed over to me for probably no money into it, minus whatever some of the minor fees that are for the attorney to drop the docs, but let's say $1,000 all in for all this to get all the things out there. She's going to clean the place out. And now I take it over and I let that tenant 
pay down that mortgage for the next five, 10 years. And while that mortgage is getting paid down and the market's going up, even if it dips a little bit, even when there was that huge dip and the crash in 2008, things came back within a couple of years. So if I know that the cash flow is there, I can take that cash flow and I can write out the equity in the market because I don't need to sell it and I can just wait for it to come back up. But right now there's no inventory. So if I start to see a dip in the market, I'm watching these things because I'm doing it every day. So if I really wanted to, I could really, I could turn around and I could sell it if I go, oh man, think things are getting different. But in that situation, what I could also do is hold it, raise the rent and have somebody keep paying that down, paying that down, paying that down. And as the, the appreciation goes up, and the mortgage comes down, that's going to increase my equity, which means if I really wanted to, maybe in five, six years, I can refinance that again at a lower rate, increase the payments, maybe pull out some cash. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, the Real Mackenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. But again, that's something that's very similar to the other one. I know the area. It's it's not going to decrease in value. It's, it's a good area. Things are only getting bigger over there. There's less and less availability. The, the roll land's coming less and less. It's outside a major city. It's it's a good area. So that property will most likely get paid down and grow well over an extra $50,000 in equity in the next five, 10 years, especially if the market continues the way it is way more than that. But let's say they pay down 50 and it goes up 50 and I already have 60 in there in equity. That's like a hundred and something thousand, whatever, you know, turn around, sell that. But what if I can do that five times? That's why I look at it and I go, you know what? A few hundred dollars cash flow. It, it's okay. You know what I mean? It starts to add up a little bit. Multifamilies are better. Mobile home parks are better for cash flow. But for a deal that I can get into, for most likely what's going to turn out to under $5,000 to buy a house under 80% of the value. So I have some buffer in case the equity starts to fall. No loan qualification. I could take it over and have it renting out with people in place with a long term equity strategy. Have somebody paying me down on a long term interest rate, which is another thing. We got about another 20 years, maybe a little bit more on that loan. If you can lock in low interest, long-term debts. So interest rates go through the roof. Let's say five, six, seven years from now, everything turns around now, interest rates go back up eight, nine, 10%. I still have this house at an interest rate of four and a quarter. That's not expensive. It's still cheap money. And if somebody's going to let me take that and they're going to, I mean, technically what you're looking at in a mortgage and a property like this is somebody just lent you $210,000 at four and a half percent amortized over 30 years. 
private lenders don't do that. I mean, if you know any, have them call me. That's a great rate right there. But you know, for the most part, that's that's going to be harder to come by. So that's what these are. Is sometimes you look at the deals and you go, what are my options? You know, can I fix it up and sell it? Can I wholesale it as is in condition? Can I turn around and do some sort of seller finance, creative wrap? Can I do a subject two? What do I want to do on it? You know, so that's the kind of stuff that I look at and I go, this is a base hit deal that's going to turn into a home run. And every 10 years or so, something happens, whether it's the crash or the pandemic or whatever. So again, I can stock this up. Now I can sell that other one if I want to, because maybe I maxed out the equity on that. And now I can take this other one. And that's something I look at all the time when I'm running the numbers. If somebody goes, hey, there's not much I can do here. Look, I could take it over. If you just want to get out of the property, you don't want to have to pay any closing costs. You don't have to worry about putting on the market. You don't want people coming through the house. You want to deal with all the nonsense. Uh, realtors, uh, closing, maybe the person backs out, all these different things. Let's just get this done. So some easy paperwork, a conversation, a discussion about what's happening. And you take that over and you get a handful of those. And 10 years from now, we're in another lockdown. And now you potentially lost your job or you can't travel or, or whatever it is. You're in some sort of financial pickle or, or work employment issue thing pops up. You go, look, I took these properties down. It's been 10 years. I got five of them. They've been cash flowing. Okay. But now I can sell five or six of those that I have $150,000 of equity in, in each of them. And now I'm sitting on like five, six, seven, a hundred grand that I can turn around and use that to cover my ass in whatever type of financial emergency I had. So that's what I like about these deals. And that's what's cool about ones like these is again, they're not super sexy. The houses aren't anything extravagant, like waterfront, beautifully redone, but they're average homes. And that's what most people need is just a decently priced home in a nice working class area that's safe and functional and clean, well-kept. That's what people are looking for. That's what most people want. So that's kind of what we're going after. So those middle income affordable houses, when you're in a market right now where, where things are skyrocketing, there's no inventory. If you can get inventory, especially with equity built in at a discount, low interest debt for a long time, and you can lock that in for easy qual, that's a great retirement plan. Five of those go a long way in 10 years. So Hopefully that raises some uh, some questions and gets the wheels turning for you a little bit on some stuff you can do. If that was confusing, um, reach out to me, nickandnick.com slash links, social media. If you want me on your podcast or you know any good guests, send them my way, podcast at nickandnick.com. But let's start getting you getting some deals that you get Naked Warrior Recovery CBD, Nationwide Capital, email Marianne, tell the A-Game podcast sent you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Please email me topics, email me stuff. Hey, can you talk about this? Can you teach about this? Can you give some advice about that? Because these solo episodes, I'm always looking for things to talk about. So got some great stuff coming up. Got some more outstanding guests coming. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Have a great day. Everybody.